What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Coming to you from the basement studio at Eat More Barbecue World Headquarters, this is episode 237 of Canada's Barbecue Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sanderson, and I thank you for tuning in, downloading, and listening. However you're making it happen, I do appreciate it, y'all. You all know how I feel about buying local and especially supporting your local farmers and producers. The movement towards buying directly from farmers is growing, and now there's a platform here in Canada making it easier for consumers to connect with farmers and producers in their area. Shop Good Day is the brainchild of two friends who met at Nipissing University in Ontario, and during the COVID pandemic and the grocery shortages that occurred at that time, they recognized an opportunity to help both consumers and producers. Scott Schoenfeld and Sean Menz are my guests this week to talk about Shop Good Day. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Motley Q. Not only does Motley Q offer a great lineup of award-winning rubs and sauces, they also teach some of the best barbecue classes going. Visit MotleyQ.ca, that's M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E dot C-A. Click on the Classes tab to see the full schedule. There are a number of full-day classes to choose from, like King of the Grill, a great class for beginners, and big game prep for that big football game coming up. In addition to the full-day classes, there's a selection of micro-classes, including brisket, steak, ribs, and more. I had the chance to take one of the classes, uh, one of their classes, with Big Joe and Jess a couple of years back, and it was a great, very entertaining experience with tons of great food and loads of knowledge. Again, the website is motleyq.ca. Click on the Classes tab and see that whole schedule of classes coming up in Edmonton. You all know how much I enjoy showcasing farmers and producers on the show, especially those doing it with the well-being of the animals and the land at the forefront. Uh, so when I came across uh, a platform that is is making it easier for consumers to connect with and purchase from those producers, my curiosity was definitely piqued. I am excited to welcome Scott Shanefelt and Sean Menz to from shopgaday.ca to the show. Uh, fellows, welcome to Canada's Barbecue Podcast. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks, Thanks for having us on. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Appreciate you doing this. Uh, um, question I ask uh, off the top, and I'll, well, Sean, we'll maybe start with you, is what does barbecue mean to you? Well, I think uh, when I met Scott in university, uh, barbecue took on a different form. Uh, Scott's a cattle farmer by trade and really did show me a lot of different techniques. Mm-hmm. So I think barbecuing was kind of uh, a way of connection and uh, having a good time. Right on. Scott, how about you? Uh, barbecue is usually associated with some kind of gathering or party, so yep. usually barbecue means good times. Awesome. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about yourselves, just a little background. And uh, you guys met at school at Nipissing University in North Bay. Uh, Scott, uh, kind of where's home for you and a little bit about your background? Uh, I grew up just outside uh, Pembroke, Ontario, yep. which is about an uh, hour and a half west of Ottawa. Um, my parents owned a small beef farm and... Uh, yeah, I went to Nipissing um, for four years there and uh, met Sean along the way. And now we just kind of started this adventure. Right on. Sean, and you're in uh, Mississauga, you were saying, with uh, kind of your background? And... Yeah, so I grew up in Mississauga. Um, I uh, started off my uh, at a high school. I did, my, did some work with carpentry. 
And then uh, after a few years of that, I decided to go to Nipissing. Uh, and uh, shortly into that adventure, I met Scott and uh, yeah, just some buddies ever since. Awesome. And what were you guys studying? Were you both studying the same thing at Nipissing? Or? I was studying I, uh, business. Sean, go ahead. Sorry, Scott, go on. Oh. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I was studying business, uh, bachelor of commerce degree. Okay. How about you, Scott? Yeah. No, I, I went in the education field. Okay. Teacher, so. Okay. Thought about maybe getting away from the farming a little or? Oh, it's always there. Yeah. It's always in the back. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you doing any teaching at all or? Uh, right now I'm a tutor. Um, okay. Tutor right now. So trying to get my foot in the door. Awesome. Uh, and Scott, for you, I guess, uh, you know, being growing up on a farm, uh, the interest in food and cooking, is that something that's, uh, yes. you, you found you have? Yeah. yeah so I was. I was actually very fortunate. My uh, grandparents founded uh, an abattoir mm. in the 70s. So um, this farming and meat cutting kind of all folded together for me. And, yep. of course, once you're involved in it, you eventually enjoy cooking it. So yep. it's kind of the whole whole package there. Yep. Now, is the family still involved with the uh, the abattoir side of things? Uh, we sold it, I'm going to say, about six years ago after my okay. grandfather passed. Okay. But, uh we still are involved. Like yeah. we still get all our meat cut there. Of course, yeah. Everything like that. So, yeah. Awesome, Sean. Uh, how about uh, you? Kind of growing up, uh, food interest, cooking interest for you, or? Yeah, you know, growing up, um, having different experiences in the kitchen, learning different things from my parents. Um, yeah, it's a uh, different. Uh, not so much uh, hardcore barbecuing, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely. That's where uh, when I was younger, that's where that passion started. Excellent. So let's talk about uh, the business here, the website shopgooday.ca. That's shopgday.ca is the website. Talk about, uh, Sean, kind of how that came to be, uh, where the idea sprung from. Sure. Um, So when me and Scott met in university, being from Mississauga, I really did not have much of a clue when it came down to actually direct-to-consumer purchasing Mm -hmm. on farm. Um, I'm sure we've all driven by the corn stand and, you know, bought, uh, bought a bag of corn, but... I didn't really know how much you could purchase directly off the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2020, 2021 comes around and, um, you know, we're seeing grocery stores, bare shelves. I'm talking to Scott around the same time and Scott's saying to me that, you know, there's quite a bit of sales that are happening right now direct. Right. And we kind of have this moment where it's not everybody knows it's Scott. Um, and how do we make that happen? How do we facilitate that connection? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the idea came from. It was just uh, connecting people. Um, and understanding that, you know, not everybody knows a farmer and, uh, facilitating that connection. Yep. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think for folks like Sean, yourself that grew up in Mississauga, obviously a, a much bigger market. I grew up in Winnipeg. I've lived in Calgary the last 26 years or so. So, you know, another big city, right. And you you see that people don't, you you go to the grocery store, that's where your food comes from. Uh, exactly. Scott, you can speak to that. And you, you talked about, uh, I think food education was the term you used, Scott, um, yeah. you know, talk about that and, you know, we're getting people aware of where their food is actually coming. From. Yeah. That's kind of the whole like backstory about, uh, G'day kind of just evolved. Like every, you know, every food that you eat has a story behind mm-hmm. it, right? It has to get from the field to your plate somehow. Right. Yep. Um, so just, uh, like Sean said, facilitating that connection, um, you know, it can enhance a lot of things, you know, there's, you can look at all the different impacts, you know, your economics, your environmentals, you know, there's probably some health benefits along the way too, right? Mm 
um, just to knowing exactly like kind of what goes in your food. You, know, you can ask the farmer questions. You can ask the grower questions. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of uh, getting back to kind of what Sean said. Um, kind of hit me was um, kind of when COVID was peaked there. Um, like people that I played hockey with when I was a kid were calling me. He's like, oh, you still you still have cows around? Like we're looking to buy some beef where, you know, the leading up to that, it was kind of your farm direct sales for us anyway was slowing down quite a bit. So it was nice for us just to see that increased um, direct sales. And I get that it's not for every beef farmer, say. Right. i use mine as an example. But uh, anytime you can sell something directly from your business to consumer, mm-hmm. um, so you maximize your profit, right? So oh, Absolutely. Cut um, out the, cut like out the, the middleman, uh, middle right? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And um, yeah, talk a little about the importance to you as a as a producer, Scott, of, of sustainability and, you know, and I guess I don't know a whole lot of, maybe you can talk about kind of the, some of the practices you guys use on your farm, uh, from a sustainability uh, standpoint. Yeah. I think anytime, um, you can like small scale something, it becomes more sustainable, right. In terms of just say, um, I was telling Sean earlier, um, the avian flu is you read about in the headlines. So Mm -hmm. if you have a barn of say a hundred thousand chickens in a, flu comes through you know you're going to get wiped out where if you say you have 20 chickens right comes yep. through wipes out you can get 20 chickens back faster you can get a hundred thousand chickens back right right yep. and that's kind of the same with g'day it's like you're supporting the small like the little the little guy more often than not rather than the big corporation side of things mm-hmm. right um i know on my farm just in terms of sustainability wise um all our cows are just in the summertime, they go in pasture. Yep. Wintertime, they kind of yard up. We have a yard, feed them their hay. Um, we're actually calving right now. So um, I like calving in the wintertime because, you know, the, it is a pain to keep them uh, warm sometimes, yep. but uh, there's less uh, bugs there for sure. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, there's an upside to that, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, are you uh, all grass fed, grass finished on your farm or? Uh, so we uh, we finish on mostly corn and uh, okay. barley, yep. my farm. Yep. So um, we'll get the calves up to about a thousand pounds, and then we'll uh, put them on corn, mm-hmm. corn and barley mix for and a bit of. Uh, they do get hay in that ration too. Yep. For probably four months or so, and uh, usually finish out around uh, six six seven hundred pounds dress weight. Yep our angle right now good size yeah but again everyone's different right that's the joys of you know our platform too say you're interested and you love the taste of grass-fed beef you know you're going to find a grass-fed beef producer on our site where mm-hmm. you know you want a bit more finish more flavor more fat in your steak yep. maybe you know find a corn-fed farmer you want some wagyu i don't yeah. think we have any wagyu farmers yet but um you know you want to try a wagyu steak you want to jump on that train okay yeah. sure i can find that right yep no absolutely um yeah it's great great to have the the variety and i'm looking on the website you've got uh you're, you're pretty well across the country with at least some products from uh most of the provinces across canada here so uh growing that i imagine sean maybe you can That's talk about oh sorry go ahead scott oh sorry no i was gonna say uh, um we currently have six producers in uh in alberta yep um not sure if I'm not very fond of my uh, Alberta geography. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry. yeah>, uh, <laughs> Anywhere from uh, Care Stairs to Vermilion. Yep. To Beaver Lodge. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, Sean, maybe talk about it uh, for, for the producers that are part of your website or maybe somebody that's interested. Kind of how does it yeah. work? What's the uh, what's the process uh, for those uh, producers? To get signed up? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, so our sign-up process is fairly easy. Uh, first step is to create an account. So that's just like creating any account on any website. Email address, password. Um, from there, you create your listing. Mm-hmm. So your listing is basically it's your farm page. And a really good way to look at it is, you know, it's like a micro website. So if you don't have maybe the necessary time or desire to build your own website, uh, because it is a lot of upkeep, especially when you're looking at the SEO side of things, um, they're basically creating their own web page for their farm. It's like a small little web page. Um, so from there, you'd upload any information in terms of like, uh, really highlighting the different, you know, uh, values of your farm and like grass fed. We just talked about that corn sure. fed regenerative agriculture purposes, uh, any of that kind of stuff, because I find that essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to kind of give people an idea of what your farm is before going to your farm, um, hours of operation. So really just giving a detailed breakdown, uh, including some pictures as well. I know that that's something a lot of people really like to look through, including mm-hmm. myself, yep. um, and then linking it out to any social media that you have so that people can, before going to the farm, before reaching out, they can really get a good idea of what your practices are, um, what your, you know, what your, your products are, your pricing in a lot of instances. Um, and like I mentioned before, there's quite a few farms actually that do offer uh, delivery. Right. So, yeah. 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 I think for folks in the cities, say that is a, you know, that are used to either going to the grocery store or with so many food delivery services out there now, um, having an option to just have your food f- direct from the farm delivered is a, a great idea, right? Yeah. I've done both now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's nice. Like if you're going out for a drive, because kind of from what I see, um, you're always about 40 minutes from a farm, mm-hmm. at least from where I'm, where I'm at. So Mississauga, you're really close to Guelph. You're really close to Milton. You're really close to like a lot of, um, Bradford, the green belt. Uh, you're really close to a lot of different things. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of that option of getting it delivered, but also kind of, um, reminding people that, you know, agriculture and farmland is not that far away. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you, yes, in a lot of instances, you do need to have a vehicle. Um, but in, quite a few instances you're looking at a 40 minute drive yeah. and depending on what you're purchasing that can make a big difference in quality absolutely <clears throat> yeah i've noticed on your uh, your instagram on your social media when you're doing the the you know highlighting the farms that are part of the program you'll put you know distances or time away, how far away from yeah. the markets main markets they are i think that's great right it uh, opens people's yeah. eyes that you know maybe those producers aren't that far away right exactly yeah awesome awesome After this short break, Scott, Sean, and I talk more about how the Shop G'day program works for the farmers and producers. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter was on this past season of Firemasters on the Food Network and is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. 
From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook and see what Peter has been up to. And visit the website at pittcountybbq.com. That's P-I-T-T-C-O-U-N-T-Y-B-B-Q.com to book them for your next event. Uh, and you'd mentioned for the producers, it's a, a really a reasonable subscription fee to be on the website. So it's not a, they're not kicking a portion of their profits over to you guys. It's a, a pretty no, simple set, that, setup, right? Yeah, no. And that's really what we were trying to do is we we're trying to make it as fair as possible. Um, we didn't want to dig in anybody's profitability farmers. And well, that's the other thing we, we want to highlight as well. Like G'day's got a lot of farmers on it, um, but also, you know, it produces a fresh local product. So mm-hmm wineries, craft breweries, anybody who's creating, you know, a fresh local product, we want to make sure that we're supporting small businesses as much as possible. So that's, like I mentioned before, it's a flat $200 a year fee, um, subscription fee to be on G'day. um, And that's compounded with a nice little uh, trial. So if somebody's interested in trying it out without committing to a full full year right off the hop, we do offer that. Um, So yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, I see you've got my uh, friends from Margaret's Hot Sauce on there now, so... uh... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah, been, yeah. I've had them on the uh, on the podcast. That's going back probably a couple of years now, but uh, they oh, make cool. some great hot sauces, just uh, nice fresh flavors and different, a uh, little different. So great to see them there. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I'll have to order a few bottles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, and just to reiterate that you aren't a shopping platform. You're just making a connection. And when consumers are shopping, they're shopping directly with the farm. Exactly. What kind of the, the thing that we say is a rising tide lifts all ships. Absolutely. So if somebody goes on there looking for hot sauce on G'day, there's a good chance if they're looking for local hot sauce, maybe they're looking for local beef. Mm-hmm. It's something where by consolidating everything all together, um, we're actually able to help more local producers instead of having individualized platforms for like, you know, hypothetically speaking, there's the, uh, the hot sauce uh, group. Yeah. People on there would only be looking for hot sauce, but with G'day, you're kind of getting a mix of everyone, and it's a blend. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, maybe you can kind of speak to it from a producer standpoint, uh, the benefit of having a platform like this to advert, to promote your business, your uh, your farm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think just having this, it's going to open up your doors to customers that you know you never had before. I know for me personally, a lot of my sales are just word of mouth, right? G'day gives you that extra voice to just like maybe contact someone that you've never met before. Um, and it doesn't, a lot of other platforms, like there are other ones out there. Um, they'll like take a percentage of your profit. So mm-hmm. they're, if you're successful, they're successful. Where ours is just, you know, the flat fee and you could sell as much or as little as you want. Right. Yeah. Um, saying that from my perspective as a producer and kind of creating this thing, um, if you do offer, say, payments or you facilitate the payments to the website, then you're going to have to take a higher cut because that's more um, work on your end and more processing, right? So this way it's just get as much money to the farmer as we can um, and kind of just attract as many consumers to the farm or business as we can. Yeah. Um, and from my like from the beef side of things, right, like um, right now we're selling our beef in Ontario for six twenty five a pound hanging weight. Yeah. So someone comes by as a quarter of beef from me off good day, like that's my subscription well well spent, right? Yeah. My marketing Absolutely. like it's you're um quadrupling your your spend, right? Mm-hmm. Over quadrupling, but yeah. So 
um, from that angle, from my end, I think it's a, it's a great way to connect with new new customers. Yep, absolutely. I'm looking on here. What's, uh, which of the farms is your family farm there? Um, so my my business is Rocky Ridge um, Cattle Company. Okay. And uh, my parents' farm is Meadowview Farm. Okay. Well, so you've, you've got a separate, uh, your own separate. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we have purebred uh, Hereford, so I'm kind of branching out. Okay. On my own a little bit. Yep. yep. Playing the game. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Now, how many head are you looking at for yourself there? Uh, I look after 50 head, and my parents have about 40 heads. So. Okay. So still both yeah. uh, fairly small uh, small producers, right? Yeah, like medium size, I'd yep. say. Like, um, I know in the Ottawa Valley, like these are those are like probably your average cowherds. Yeah. I was going to say like the small cattle producer. I remember driving around as a kid, right? You'd see herds of um, 15, 10 cow herds, right? Mm. People would have, and those older guys just kind of disappeared, right? For whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and now your, your 10 cow herds are like your 50 cow herds, yeah, which or, is uh, you know, or more uh, out, yeah, a lot yeah. of extra time and effort involved. Yeah. Um, but the hopes too, if you know, the more people buy local food, I think the more say 10 cow herds you'll see, right? Cause yeah. people can market their calves directly and be more profitable if you can market it direct. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, enough to keep you busy. Yeah, no anyway. doubt. Yeah, I guess I'm uh, here in Alberta, a bit more ranching, uh, a bit yeah. more ranching area. So, uh, you know, when you say uh, 10 to 20 or 40 out here, that is a, a smaller a smaller farm here, right? So uh, with our you know, kind of more wide open spaces out here. Um, Sean, how about, uh, you know, are you doing a lot of cooking at home with the product? What uh, What's kind of your cooking at home uh, Get away yeah. from the business well, side of the things a little and talk about. Uh, <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I'm a big cast iron guy uh, myself, yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, and uh, you know I, I do. I'm in a I'm in an apartment, yeah, okay, but so. going over to my parents' place, using the barbecue when I can. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I've gotten really proficient with the cast iron. Nice. Um, which is nice. So yeah, no, um, really enjoy different cuts of meat, uh, a lot of steak, uh, mostly. Um, but you know what, uh, fortunate enough in university, I remember Scott introducing me to different, different cuts of meat and kind of having that ability to try a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, just, uh, trying different stuff when I can and yeah, different cuts of things. Awesome. Uh, Scott, uh, how about you? you do a lot of barbecue type stuff at home. You mentioned, I think your dad does some catering and things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, kind of took over from him. He was okay. the chef at home. Yep. Kind of took over from him a little bit um yeah we have uh just an old oil tank on a trailer and uh use use it for smoking stuff yep so this is kind of a homemade smoker we do that and barbecue a lot of meats yep. for sure yeah um he's kind of the old style uh, butcher so a lot of bone-in steaks still um like the full sirloins i think that's kind of i still remember when uh me and sean barbecued there at school um, you can't really buy that full sirloin in grocery stores anymore. No. Um, you get like your full Philly and your tri-tip and everything's on there. It's like, you know, the big, the biggest one on the beef, is like two pounds usually or so. so yeah. That's always fun. Uh, I think, what do we smoke? On the weekend, we did some prime ribs on the smoker. It was good. Nice. We're doing a, I do a fishing derby every year. Um, last year we did a, my cousin shot a fawn in deer season and we uh, roasted that on the smoker. Full, nice. full deer. It was good. Yep. Awesome. Um, but nothing, uh, I haven't gone to the smoker yet. I've been researching a little bit, but yeah. awesome. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Stick uh, to the barbecue. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Just jump in. 
find, grab something and uh, go burn some meat and you'll figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess, uh, Scott, maybe I'll ask you kind of as a producer. And the reason I'm asking this is, you know, uh, we, we're talking about sustainability and, and all. And I guess going, coming from an angle of using the as much of the animal as possible. And I was talking with a, uh, a guy down in uh, South Carolina a few weeks ago. And, you know, he buys, he's doing whole hog barbecue. And he's using his, you know, virtually that entire pig, he's using it. Um, and I've got from one of my local producers that I, uh, I purchased from here, I've got some beef cheeks coming this weekend. So maybe are there some cuts out there that, you know, as a producer that folks aren't as, you know, aware of perhaps that you could recommend, uh, folks be, uh, trying out? I think, uh, personally, this one got me a few years ago. We started, uh, eating beef tongue sandwiches. Yeah. Like, um, beef tongue I find is the most underrated cut on the whole beef. Yeah. Like once you once you skin it, take the taste buds off, and just put it on a you know slab of rye bread with some hot mustard, you're yep. gonna say that's the juiciest tender beef, and the flavors in it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people get a little grossed out because you see a beef tongue there. Yep. But um, I think that would be probably my most underrated um, cut. But the same, just getting back to like, um, if you buy say a quarter half a beef, right, mm-hmm. you're gonna get cuts that you don't see in a grocery store, right? Um, you get yeah. the, all of your soup bones and everything too, right? So um, maybe you're just going to go grab a steak or a roast if you go to the grocery store where now I have all this stuff that I have to use, right? Yep. And then you just kind of, it can be like an education piece too to that where you get experimenting with new cuts and um, new ways of cooking things. Yeah. Um, never tried beef cheeks though. No, I've done a couple of times and yeah, it's a nice, uh, nice cut. You're seeing some of the... Uh, down south, some barbecue restaurants that are, you know, want to stay away from the traditional brisket. They're using that and almost cooking it like brisket and uh, slicing it. And it's, it's nice. It's a nice cut when it's, uh, you know, cooked up properly. So Sean, is there kind of any, uh, in your, uh, time, maybe hanging out with Scott, some new, uh, new and different, uh, things you've tried, uh, given, uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, well, I've I've definitely had the uh, the rye the rye beef tongue, yep. uh, and then uh, also uh, beef heart. Okay, yep. uh, stuffing it, and yeah, I know Scott made that one night, and it was it was great. So, awesome. Yeah, definitely different cuts that I probably wouldn't have tried if I didn't have the opportunity. But really fortunate to uh, to know a guy like Scott, who's a a great cook, but then yeah. also B, who's able to uh, to bring that kind of stuff forward. Has access is a, is a big part, yeah. of it, right? Yeah, I haven't gone yeah. out and I haven't really gone and tried the whole like just straight out organ meat but uh the producer i purchase off here they do a, a ground mix and they can uh they do a 10 percent organ meat and a 30 percent organ meat uh in their ground beef mix so we've been buying that and i don't know oh, cool. don't notice any difference so it's uh get some of the health uh the health benefits from that and uh, again use, using those different products that might go to waste otherwise right so oh for sure yep Awesome, guys. Uh, remind folks where they can find you. Shopgooday.ca is the website. Uh, social media, where are you at? Uh, so social media, it's just at Shopgooday. Yep. Um, so that's for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Awesome. Um, yeah. So actually, maybe one thing we want to just highlight quick. Yeah, is, absolutely. Uh, we're kind of talking about buying, you know, large quantities of meat, which for a lot of people, that's it's really, it's a big investment. I think mm-hmm. for a full cow, it's probably... 4500 bucks. Yeah. Um, so kind of what we've looked at, and it's just terminology that we've created, it's called fractional fresh. Mm-hmm. So basically what it is, is you getting together with like four or five buddies, 
and basically maximizing your buying power, putting your money together, and then going and purchasing a full amount, okay. and then dividing it amongst five people. So you're driving your cost down yep. all while maximizing your yield. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just something for people to kind of mull over and think about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, make it make it easy for people, right? To take advantage, yeah, exactly. take advantage of it, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome, cool. guys. Uh, also, I noticed on the website a newsletter. Folks can subscribe to that on the website. Uh, I, the name's escaping me. At a is it fresh something? Sorry. Oh, fans of fresh. Fans of fresh. Fans Thank of fresh you. Newsletter. Should have had that in that's front it. of me. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's uh, guys, Scott, Sean. I really appreciate it. Last uh, last question. I, don't, I guess it'll maybe depend very little given your uh, your living circumstances. Last thing I ask everybody: it's uh, it's dinner time. What's uh, what's kind of the go to for you, Scott? Uh, we can start with you. Uh, right now, it's been uh, I've been on the crockpot kick a little okay. bit. Yeah, getting a roast and roast in the crockpot and walking away. Yep. Come back, have some food. It's nice. always nice. Yep. Awesome, Sean. How about you? You know what? Uh, just in yeah, sake of convenience, um, just you know, different types of beef, but then also just kind of a lot of stir fries and stuff like that. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Quick, easy meals. Awesome. Well, guys, really appreciate yeah. you taking uh, time out of your evening. Uh, everybody, check out shopgaday.ca, and uh, especially if you're a producer here in Canada, uh, check them out and uh, see if you can't uh, take advantage of that platform that they are. Uh, they're launching here and building out uh, across the country. It's great to see. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having us, Ryan. Absolutely. You are listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. Visit them online at barrelbossq.ca. That's B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S-S, the letter Q, dot C-A. And follow them on Facebook and Instagram and tell them you heard about them on Eat More Barbecue. I have some exciting guests coming up over the next few weeks and I wanted to share some of what is coming. You'll be hearing from another great Canadian rub and seasoning manufacturer as Derek Reader. Derek Reader, sorry, from Reed's Barbecue joins me. We'll be catching up with Devin from Hickory Street Barbecue here in Alberta as they prepare to move into their new location in Lethbridge. And David Hunnam joins me from Ontario to chat about the Jack Nine Memorial Barbecue Competition coming up in May. Speaking of competitions, there was a little teaser announced out of Regina as our pal Shane Folk put out the word that he has a new KCBS event in the works for the Father's Day weekend. Keep your eyes open for more info on the Father's Day Smoke and Bones competition. The Canadian Barbecue Society announced their new incoming board of directors last week and I'm excited to let you all know that I have been elected as the Alberta chapter lead. I am very excited to be joining the board I'm looking forward to getting to work on helping grow barbecue here in Canada. If you're a CBBQS member, don't forget about the annual general meeting coming up on February the 19th. 
This weekend is the Super Bowl, and that means lots of great food to go along with watching the game and the commercials. Drop me a note. Let me know what you'll be cooking for the big game. Can't wait to see it all. I'm always looking for guest ideas for the show, so email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com if there is someone you'd like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out the listing of barbecue joints in Alberta and get on out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue spot and give them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking. <laughs>